Oh, right. Hey, here we go. Boy, it's been a little while, folks. Anybody who's still around, still checking out these uh, these notifications when it shows up and says, In Over My Head podcast, new episode, and you're still going? Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you've been back after hearing some episodes in the past and you're excited to hear a new one, welcome back. If you're new here, however, come on in. Stay as long as you like. We won't even make you take off your shoes. That's a dumb little intro I put together a long time ago, and I think it's kind of slick. I've got a very, very special guest today. Um, that's actually probably half the reason that we're even back on. I probably would have just be lazy laying on the couch killing fake police officers in a little game called Grand Theft Auto if it weren't for him being here. But he is here, so we're doing an episode. Uh, we'll get to that very shortly. I want to tell you a couple things. It's called housekeeping. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe and do all that crap to the whatever social medias. I have a new uh, person on staff. We have doubled the size of our employment. It used to be just me doing everything. The, the, the everything... Everything, everything executive officer, but no, the chief everything officer, CEO. But now we got one, the bear. She rose from the ranks of being number one listener to number one emailer to now second in command. She is our social media, uh, social media development, something or other. She, she handles all the socials. So if you put something out there, you'll probably actually get a response now. So just so you know, so don't be afraid to do that. And um, on top of that, hey, remember when I told you, if you want a t-shirt, all you got to do is be one of the first 25 to like us on our Facebook page. Well, guess what? We've got enough now. And the t-shirt design is made. We're going to put that up on the Facebook page for everyone to like. I made it myself. I think it looks great. I think it's cute. Um, the t-shirts are going to be awesome. So uh, within the next two weeks, anybody else who gets an order in, let's see, as long as we don't go over like 50 total, I'll get you free swag. We just need your size and uh, a mailing address. All right. That being said, time to introduce my guest. Uh, he's one of a kind. There's some folks out there like that. You have friends sometimes where you're like, man, they're interchangeable. And you have some friends where you're like, mm -mm. if he ain't there, there's no having them. Ir irreplaceable, I call him. Dane Gimple, irreplaceable. Corey Elich, Nico, Eric, irreplaceable. This guy... Also irreplaceable. Even though five or six years ago, I was hoping I could replace him because he left me. We'll be back temporarily. It's John Kushner, folks. John, you want to say hi to the folks? Hello out there, Dan. <laughs> thanks for the introduction. It's great to be on the show yeah. finally. Yeah, man. I can't believe it. This So that's one I finally get to. That's one I get to check off the top of the list of the top five of desired, um, <clears throat> desired podcast guests. You'll never know you weren't in the top two because those are Shaquille O'Neal and Steve Ewing. Uh, but you are in the next three positions. Uh, John, what brings you to town? Well, I'm actually in town for work right now. Uh, there's this uh, demonstration that uh, the company you work for is doing right. for some big wig at the Department of Defense. And uh, we wanted to showcase some of our stuff. So they had me drive all the way out here. <laughs> drive. You say all the way. So you came from what, Kansas City? What, you oh, came from, like... I came from just outside of Portland, Oregon, Woo! 29 hours away, <laughs> three days of driving. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a with, big, with, big one other, with one other guy, I get, I gather. Correct. Yeah, okay. one, of my, one of my coworkers. He so actually did, drove almost the entire way. Would you, would you prefer that, I guess? Or is it like more relaxing for you? Um, it's just more relaxing in the fact that I don't have to drive the giant sprinter van in the wind. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. yeah, that thing is like driving a billboard sideways down the highway. It is. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother him though. So we we went all over the road, but uh, <laughs> definitely didn't bother him. Didn't, didn't bother like, him. Uh, we spent about three four percent of the time in in oncoming traffic, but it's no big deal. They get out of the way for you. <laughs> they, move. they actually get the wind going the other direction. It kind of does this vortex thing. Uh, so okay, so you're doing a little showcase thing in town, but that's not all you're doing in town, right? You get a little time to yourself. I do get a little time to myself. Yeah, uh, we're just going to be setting up, you know, short, quick little. Thing, and then they're going to walk through and look at it, and then we're going to pack up and, and be let's done. Do, let's do a little fraction here. The total amount of time you're going to spend essentially doing doing straight up the work work you came here to do, divided by the total amount of time you'll spend in that Sprinter van driving. Uh, I'm thinking 58 hours minimum in the, in the van. That's correct. Probably about 5.8 hours. It's like a tenth, like a one-tenth thing. Is that how your company does business, John? Is it usually ten percent of the time working? Uh, you know, I would I would put it actually significantly less than ten percent. Okay, um, I would do about a fifth of a ten percent. It's maybe about two percent. Two percent of the about time working, the rest of the time you're just you're driving in a Sprinter van around the nation. That's correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Any other big destinations for you? I thought I heard something about maybe Arizona or something that you had uh, a chance to drive to. Uh, no, we didn't get a chance to drive to ah, Arizona. Gotcha. They had actually talked about us going all the way to Washington D.C. Oh my God. With this, uh, with this oh, model, but, did you uh, ever? Uh, did you ever? I assume you looked up how long that would be. <laughs> I did not actually. Ooh, we because it quickly got nicks that we weren't going to yeah, go okay. all the way out there, which is good. <laughs> never made it that no, far. Never made it that let's far. Let's see. Um, ooh, let's get rid of that 
And uh, let's find, I usually keep a tab open that has kind of like stuff related to this. Yeah, perfect. All right, Google search. You know, am I, f folks, I need you to write me in, send me an email, comment down below. <laughs> do you go, do you type in google.com slash maps? Or do you go to Google and then type in maps? And then sometimes you get image search results for maps and things like that, and you click on the wrong. Anyway, I just typed in maps on Google. It got me there fast enough. I usually go to maps.google.com. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Ma uh, now I almost map, map searched for map. Think in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's it. Uh, it recognizes the name. Directions to here. Folks out there want to guess? Do you want to take a guess? I mean, you probably have a better guess because you probably timed more of these drives. Like, what's the total hours? Total hours? From Port, Portlandia. Uh, well, it's actually Hood River, which is about an hour closer. So would yeah, be a that full... screwed up my whole estimate. would be a full 30 at that point um, out here. Screwed up my whole estimate, John. Uh, but I would give it, I don't know, another 15 hours from here maybe. Oh, 45. So about 45 hours, yeah. Oh, my goodness, dude. That, that's my guess. Yeah, no, I hear you. We're about to find out. Mr. Google, 41. 41. Wow, okay. you're so pessimistic, John. You see that? <laughs> oh, so they wouldn't have you going through. You probably wouldn't have known that. They wouldn't have you going through here at all. You would have to go, however, directly through the dead center of Chicago. Or I guess you kind of miss it down to the south. Oh, man. And you get to go to Toledo. I've always wanted to be there. I have to go to Toledo. I shouldn't say that. Bear's going to hear me and plan on an entire trip. I'm going to B&B. I'm to Toledo. I'm really curious, though, what would it be from St. Louis to Washington, D.C.? Because okay. we would have had to stop here. So. Oh, I see. Oh, good yeah. call. Okay. Oh, add destination. Come on. <laughs> oh, wait, what? No, add destination. Now, do I get to drag and f drop? It would let me switch the direction before. Hmm. All right, let's do this. Let's copy you and paste you there. Right here, St. Louis. St. Louis. A lot of people pronounce it St. Louis. Have you heard that? Like, oh yeah, people around the country that, that yeah. just assume that. I'm like, look, all right. It didn't add a whole lot. It says 42 total, but is that going to tell me le per leg? All right, get rid of this one then. From St. Louis to Wash DC, it's going to have to be 13 hours. 13 hours, dude. We should go check it out, man. You want to? What do you? You said you had some free time tomorrow. You just want to drive over to DC? I do have a little free time. Yeah, yeah. if we want to stay up all night, you know. We could make it out there. Were you not? I'm, quickly well, turn around and come just, back. Nothing, I don't want to be asking any personal questions, but were you not planning on staying up all night? I figured that was a given. I mean, typically I do, but uh, <laughs> you know, some of these, some of these long drive days, it's kind of hard to. Dude, to I gotta tell you, night. man. I gotta tell you. I usually sleep pretty good. It's a great feeling getting up, having slept. Well, there was a time in my life. I don't know if it was college or. There were times in my life when I did not sleep well. There's a big difference. I don't know. I'm happy to be in one of those good sleep phases. Hopefully that's just me getting old and it'll just continue to be more and more until the point that I'm sleeping 24 hours a day. <laughs> but at that point, put me in a box and say, put me in the ground. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I found recently, more recently, that the older I get, the less I need to sleep. Oh. I don't really get a full, you know, nine hours of sleep that I used to. It's closer but, to seven to eight hours. But you, maybe but you still feel okay most of the time. I still feel okay, yeah. That's awesome. Dude, you've been uh, so... Uh, it, yeah, so you're recovering from a, an injury that happened a while back, and uh, how's the recovery going? I'm, what I'm leading on to is I wonder if you've been able to exercise more and if that in, impacts your sleep schedule. I always find that it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, just recently, um, my girlfriend hired me a personal trainer to uh, help me try to get back into working out. There you go. Uh, so that was that was, that was was okay. Um, it got me moving, which was really good, but a lot of the exercises they kind of gave me, I had... I struggled with because of my shoulder. Ah. Um, but, you know, I would just skip those exercises yeah. and, and do different ones to still try to try to get back in shape. Folks, we got a third, without a third podcast guest right now. And no, it is not the bear. It is an animal, though. I wonder if I can get this animal to make some noise. Carlito, you want to you wanna whine? He likes to whine and bitch, but not on command. Okay, buddy. All right, well, if you hear somebody whining and bitch, and it's either me, John, or Carlos. Hey, bud. Yeah. Um, geez. Okay. So, dude, you want to tell folks about that whole saga or is it too much? Oh, no. I'm definitely willing to, willing <laughs> to share the whole four thing. four some years ago, right? Five, four some Correct. years ago? Correct. Yeah, it was about four and a half years ago. Let them yeah. know, dude. Let them have it. Uh, it'll be five years in October. Um, 
But uh, when I moved back to Oregon, you know, I was really excited and I wanted to do. Oh, you know what? Sorry, let me cut in. So, John, I, I for the folks out there who don't know John, a lot of them will know you from work and things like that, or from a wedding, or from being friends. So, John is a former coworker of mine. I, we met through work in 2013. We worked. John kind of got me the job I have now, or turned me on to it, and I stuck around. But he, after about five years of knowing each other, playing softball together, just becoming good friends, he found a new job back, back much closer to his where he grew up back in Oregon, right? So went back home, living there for four or five years now. Right. Okay. So yeah. um, so when he says, I just was clearing up. So when you said yep. when you went back home, we're talking five years ago, and it was from St. Louis, that was how I knew John. Yeah, so I moved back closer to home, as Dan mentioned. I um, was really excited, ready to become super active in Northwest activities. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful up there. It's so clean. It's so drier. It's just it's so pretty outside, too, just everywhere you look. Yeah, so one of the one of the interests I started developing was into one of these called one wheels. I don't know, Dan, if you're familiar with them. Yeah, oh, I'm familiar ever since you told me about them, <laughs> and I've and I've hated them ever since. <laughs> yeah, it's like a skateboard with a motorized wheel in the center. Right? right. Yeah, it's just we got one giant wheel in the center. It's motorized, keeps you keeps you balanced. Oh my God, is that why they call it one wheel? It is, in fact, exactly why <laughs> they do. Just now yeah. getting it, John. <laughs> these things, um, they're 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 actually really cool, and they go up to almost 20 miles an hour. So you can really, really fly. And if you see the advertisements for them, it shows guys doing semi-off-road type. It's like kind of going off little ledges and stuff. And, and the thing has got a big, big monstrous tire on there that's pretty soft, I would assume. The idea is you're supposed to be able to handle different terrain pretty easily. Right, yeah. It's definitely made to do off-road, road riding, you know, go off some jumps and stuff. And I had it for about, I don't know, I'd say about four months. Um, I was getting, How much did you ride? I mean, were you riding an hour a day kind of thing? Or yeah, a whole yeah. Bunch? So that's pretty and around on streets or just everywhere trails. Uh, mostly around the streets. Uh, it was super easy to ride on the sidewalks. Um, I actually used to ride it to work. I lived close enough to work. That's awesome. Going across the the bridge. <laughs> no, you have to register the vehicle. The no, one wheel. Uh, when I lived on the other side of the bridge. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You lived right close. Yeah, yeah I lived super close to work. There was a nice biking tr- or path, you know, that they just put in. Oh, did we? You, this is some of the stuff you showed me up there, uh-huh, right? Yeah, a really cool area, right up against the river. Right up so against the river. So, so I used to love riding all the way to work and 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 um, back. Well, in October it gets a little chilly and windy, and I was riding home one day to go. Uh, actually, my second date with my girlfriend Melissa. Oh wow! Yeah, we were. I was, I was, Shout out to Melissa. Shout out to Anna. <laughs> you listening out there? What's up? I was rushing home to see her. Um, like I said, it was He's getting like, kind of windy and cold. I had my had my helmet on and my my hat and my gloves, but the gloves weren't really cutting it. My hands were still freezing. Is so this I, what it was? Yeah. So I decided to ride with my hands in my pockets because oh, um, they were just super cold. And I was coming around a corner and I was coming too fast. And the board, what what happens is if it can't physically keep up with keeping you balanced and keeping you at, at speed, it shuts off. And so it wasn't able to keep me balanced going that fast, going around a corner. So it shut off, threw me off the board, and I dislocated my shoulder pretty oh, severely. Because you, could, you weren't able to brace like you would have wanted to? Right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's funny. So ice skating, they'll say that too. That like, And I always just feel like my hands are so – I could pull them right out if I needed to. It feels like you're not in that situation. But I guess when all of a sudden you kind of panic and, and flinch, maybe it is – it is where I mean, you weren't in like tight jean pockets. You're in just coat pockets with your hands. Yep. Coat pockets. And the pockets, second you're falling, yeah. it's just too fast. Boom, it was too you, fast. You hit the yeah. Twenty miles an hour, I that hit the ground instantly. <laughs> is wild, dude. That's actually like a really interesting story to hear because I've never heard of anybody to have that happen to him. But I've been given the advice, and I always kind of brush it off. No, my damn hands are cold. I'm putting them in my pocket. Well, there you have it. It happens to the best of us. Okay, so you busted up your shoulder. How bad was it immediately? Were you like? Ooh, this is really bad. Or was it like a ligament damage that you took you took you a while to really notice? It was definitely really bad. Um, my shoulder was definitely out of its socket immediately. <sighs> Luckily, a car was passing by, saw me crash, yeah. put me in the back of the car, and drove me to the hospital. Wow. So I was there pretty quick afterwards. They were able to pop it back in place. Is there one in Hood River, or like a medical place? Mm-hmm. You yeah, have to go to Portland. It's a it's a full hospital. I went yeah. to the ER and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so did they just do like a hold tight, hold still and yoink and get you back in place? Or is so it, more it, was, than that? it was actually really funny. Um, they had to give me a bunch of, bunch of pain medication first because I was in a serious amount of pain. Oh, just like, just groaning. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so, oh my God. I, yeah, so, I cringe thinking about it, dude. Yeah. They had to get the anesthesiologist and everything in there to give me the right drugs and the amounts. And then I was going, I was kind of going in and out, you know, when the drugs started kicking in and suddenly 
there's like four people standing in the in the doorway of my little hospital room, right. kind of staring at me. And one of them was kind of a big guy. And I look at all of them and I'm like, it's time, isn't it? <laughs> and they're like, yep. And they started wrapping this kind of sheet around me to help, you know, hoist it back in place. But they actually knocked me out uh, before they actually popped it wow. back in. So I woke up with it back in place. And by then the pain was drastically subsided? Correct. Just because yeah. it's, when it's out of place, it's just rip, it's just yoinking the hell out of the tendons and stuff. Yeah. And when it's back in place, it relaxes so much that it's... Oh, I guess like being in like an arm bar or being in like a horrible shoulder hold and then letting it go. Dude, I didn't realize any of that, that it was. <laughs> and so then they're just like, you got to stay here for a few hours under observation, then go home. Then what down the road, you visit the doctor to see how bad it is. and what you're mm-hmm. gonna... Yeah. So they sent me to my doctor, you know, right away. And then he referred me to an orthopedic surgeon. Um, but because I'm a little bit older. I had to wait six weeks for it to kind of sort of heal up before they could really do anything about it. Oh, it's all inflamed and they can't really get in there and look around much without risking damaging worse or whatever. Woo! Okay, so six weeks later, and you've been in really bad pain this whole time? Really weak, really screwed up, or Um, just immediate? It's just mostly, it was just mostly really weak. I couldn't really use my arm that well. It was painful. I didn't have my range of motion. Oh, my gosh. Um, so fortunately for the folks out there, this is your left arm, right? Correct. And you are yeah. a right, right-handed person. I am right-handed, So there's at least yeah. there's that to be thankful for. <laughs> yeah. My Lord, if that was your <laughs> dominant arm. Uh, okay. All right. So six weeks goes by. You, you visit the doc finally when he's able to take a look. Yep. Schedules me an MRI sure. to take a look. So they they take a look at the MRI. My labrum was 90% torn through. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that labrum is the donut that sits in the socket part of your shoulder. It's what holds the bone into the little cup, and that oh. forms the entire joint. Okay, so okay, so, is that a ligament, or is it a... I'm going to look up a picture. I know they have these weird little anatomical pictures. Google.com slash labrum. Yeah, so since I know a lot about shoulders now, yeah. um, your humerus head sits in a, in, a, in a cup, and then the labrum goes around that to form the actual joint. So it's not really like a socket. There's no, you know, oh, socket for a, it to it's be. It's not a full s- contiguous cup. It's just a donut, a hole that you sit in there. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of seeing it now. This is your labrum. This is what John's talking about. <laughs> Something like this. Oh, that's like hip. Um, bum bum bum. Okay, right. Okay, so labrum, whatever. It's holding the whole thing together, and that thing is basically wrecked. And so, what's the prognosis? They're like, well, a lot of this will heal itself, but some of it's not gonna, or we got to let it heal, and then, or what is it? Yeah, they had to let it heal a little bit more, um, but generally, they have to go in and surgically repair it. They have to reattach it to the bone. Is that and sew it together? Is that just like a dissolving suture kind of thing? They put some kind of a fiber in there to hold the thing together yeah they they put three anchors to hold it um to like the bone like nails basically yeah oh my god and then they suture the labrum together um and sew it up so i went ahead and elected to have the surgery because sure. i would never be 100 percent without it oh and, you said you'll heal but you'll always be weak right okay. yep. and i'm more prone to more dislocations and oh my gosh yeah Right. So I elected to have the surgery. How far? How much? How long you gotta wait then? Um, I got it in January, after the October accident. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. But at least you knew by this point you're like pre- pretty well able to manage, and you're like you're getting around okay. Yeah. All I right. was getting around okay. Okay. And the prognosis for the surgery is really high. You know, or the the success rate's yeah. really high for gotcha. the surgery. Um, it's called a a bank art repair. Is what it's called so you can look that up if you want bank bank could be a n k a r t something yep like yep whoa bank art repair <laughs> i guess since i just typed in labrum they already <laughs> yeah. know i just put in b-a-n and they're like this guy's talking about that banker thing <laughs> bank art tear oh i don't want to see these pictures of people's <laughs> shredded flesh all right okay um i don't know it's a lot of detailed pictures i don't feel like looking at why don't you just tell us what happened after that yeah, so they they went in and, and sewed it all up, and then um, I had six weeks. I had to be in a sling, 24-7. So I had to sleep in a sling, Whoa. shower with a sling. I had to put my clothes on with a sling. Hey, there's Carlos. He um, doesn't, he's, Carl, even Carlos is cringing yeah. now. He's like, that sounds so bad. So it was really funny. One of the ways that they, they said is helpful to get dressed is to buy T-shirts and cut them down one side. 
so I could drape them over and then, you know, just use safety pins on the other oh side. Oh, God, dude. Oh, Jesus. So Melissa was great. You know, she yeah. went and did all this for me. And, Melissa. Oh. You know, cut up all my T-shirts and <laughs> help me get like, dressed every day. She's like, John, I have hated these T-shirts since <laughs> I met you. I have been dying to cut them. And we'll throw them away after six weeks. Um, that no, I'm just kidding, Melissa. It sounds like it always sounded like John, Melissa. John has always said that you were a huge help during that time, which is really sweet and really great. Uh, okay, so she chops up all your t-shirts. You're going through this shit. Probably take a while to get used to the damn sling. I bet. Oh yeah, especially especially the sleeping. I had to sleep pretty much propped up. So just oh, it has up. to like stay with weight on it, or else it'll just like falls out. As exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay. So let's so, see. I, I do six weeks of that, and then I start. Phys- I started physical therapy. What's that? You just some guy kind of moves it very gently, mm-hmm. like for half an hour, and then you drive home. Yep, ice it and Ugh. take anti-inflammatories and and try to keep the swelling down as much as possible. They had me buy this little this little machine, and it pumped ice water yeah. through these tubes. Yeah. I had a friend tear his ACL. Yeah, and he had that too. You just basically keep ice in there. So I guess basically then the machine is working from a constant, knowing the temperature. Then you can figure out how much you want to pump. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> ice water? I try to ice something after it gets hurt. And I'm like, this hurts. It's, it's uncomfortable. I'll throw it away after five minutes. So I went through a bunch of physical therapy. And it just seemed like it was taking a long time to get my range back. It was super slow going. Very painful. Very difficult. Um, after I went through, I think it was almost a year of that we noticed that my shoulder really wasn't quite sitting normally. It was kind of like it was bunched up. Like it was over tightened so much that it was, my arm was kind of up higher. Yeah. Like if you look at a silhouette of you, you can measure and you can one of them's like shrugging or one of them's like, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was normal and that it would kind of sit back down eventually. Yeah, once sure. The muscles healed. get strong again. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually tried to play softball again. We had a softball team going. Um, up there, Oregon. yeah, yeah, up there. Okay. And, so it's your left arm, and yeah, and you what you made a funny snag at some point, and we're like, nope. Yeah, so it was I was in horrible pain oh. just trying to play one game. Um, so I went back and saw the doctor, and you know he said, yeah, that that doesn't look quite right. So they gave me another MRI, and they found that my labrum was still torn, or it was retorn, or something. Either way, it was torn again. Yeah. So they said I could have one more shot at it to see if if they can fix it. We'll go back in and essentially repeat the same. Repeat the same thing. Oh, my gosh. And I asked, well, what are you going to do differently? And they yeah. said, well, nothing. It's just the way it is. It's just. Yeah, kind of like shooting baskets. We need to make a basket. What are you going to do different this time? I'm going to shoot again and hope it goes in this time. Right. Oh, my God. So I talked to a bunch of people, and they said you need to get a second opinion. Okay. Because that just does not sound right. Um, that they would just do the exact same thing without coming up with something different or a reason or... You're right, right, right. Okay. And so then you did you go for the second opinion? I did, okay. yep. I went and I found a doctor that was a little more well-known out in Portland. And he took a look at my, you know, case and decided that, you know, what the first doctor did wasn't necessarily correct. He didn't say that per se, but, uh, how much detail do you know? Do you know kind of like I, I, how much detail does he get in order to even give him the idea that what they didn't do was right? Or did they write, was it something very high level that they put on there? We think this is what's wrong. This is what we're going to try to fix. And he's like, I think that wasn't, that was incorrect. Well, the first thing he did was he got me an extra test. He got me a 3d CT scan of my shoulder. Okay. And the first doctor did not do that. So he didn't, the way my new doctor explained it to me, you have to get a really good picture of the shoulder so that you know exactly how to put it back together, basically. And the MRA is just like blurry or it's lower, lower res kind of thing? or I mean, the MRA is still a 3D image, right? Yeah, but it, it I, I guess it didn't show enough of the overall structure of the shoulder itself. Okay. Um, like where, the, where, how my bones are, the actual, you know, th- three-dimensional shape of all the bones in the joint. So he was able to use that to... Dude, dude, what's a, what's an MRI and a CT scan like? An MRI, you lay down, you go into this giant cylinder, right? And you got to lay still. It is awful. It Ooh. is terrible, yeah. What? 45 minutes of laying still in this tiny little compact oh cylinder where you can't even move. And it's super loud. Wow, dude. I didn't know it was 45 minutes. I thought it was well, 10 minutes maybe. It depends. So for my for my scans, it took quite a bit of time. 
yeah, I had to get an MRI, but it was in the middle of the night. I crashed, it crashed my truck, and they were like, "We have to check and see if your brain's okay, and get and then get ten grand out of you for this." I'm like, "All right, whatever." And it, but it was the middle of the night, so I was like half asleep, and I, th- I don't know if, uh, I don't remember it being that bad, but that whole night was just a mess, it was a blur because I'd crash and I'd hit my head, so the whole night's kind of a, a mess. Hey, and thank goodness didn't have any damage. <laughs> Forty-five minutes though, yikes. Okay, so that was horrible. How's the CT scan? <laughs> CT scan is super easy. Okay. Yeah, it's a big open machine, quick. Uh, Damn, why aren't much you? Much more enjoyable. Why aren't you CTing my boy from the start? You got to put him through that crap laying down in a tube, loud-ass tube. Give him the CT from the get. I wonder, is it just a more rare machine, a more expensive machine kind of thing? And so they, they don't go to that? Or does it give just different information, not not necessarily higher resolution information? Right, I think it's just different yeah, gotcha. information. Okay. Information my first doctor didn't seem to think was warranted gotcha i guess because for some of these re, you know for most for most people you do the same exact procedure and it comes out fine yeah 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 so then yeah so it's a, at what threshold you know if it's like 98 percent of the time this is the problem just fix it right at what point do you go well we should do more tests again yeah so maybe yeah so it's hard to fault necessarily the first one but right then, ah gosh okay okay second doctor says i think we should go back. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. First doctor says, let me go back in again. Second doctor says, I, I, I want to see this other scan. And now he can look. He's got that data. What's he decide? Right. So he was able to more fine-tune his procedure. Uh, he actually ended up doing the same procedure, but a lot differently. Um, so my first surgery, they put in three anchors to hold the labrum in place. My new doctor put in nine. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then, but then the same sort of a suture where all the where gaps were. Right. Yeah. All right. And so, but he's he's like selecting the location of these based on some information. He exactly. Gathered. Right. All right. So then, is it back in the damn sling for six weeks? Back in the sling oh. for six weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no! But at least this time you know what you. Oh. Exactly. I I knew what I was doing, I and don't. I also wasn't given as much restriction in terms of leaving it in the sling twenty four seven. Okay. Okay. So you I was kind able to kind of yeah. I was able to it. hold it. Are you just able to? Are you just, do you have to like prop it up if you take it out of the thing? Or are you able to use your own muscles to hold it in place as long as you don't move it? Well, so for the first three or four days after surgery, um, my arm is completely numb. Oh, oh right. So Still... It can be a nerve block. Oh, my God. So I, I can't feel it. I can't move it. That's freaky, too. It is really freaky. Everything about this is freaky. Yeah. So my second surgery was really funny. I actually didn't get all my feeling back for over a week. My fingertips um, on my left hand didn't didn't come back for are an entire doing, week. Are they doing a horrible tingling thing or anything, or is it just dead, no nerves, no it's feeling? It's pretty much dead. Towards the end of the week, there was kind of a little tingly oh. thing, but it wasn't like a like a Dude, bad tingle. When, the only, the only uh, that kind of thing I've ever done is the, the dentist, when you get drilled on, they, they give you that anesthetic, but it fucks up your whole cheek and lips and everything, so it just you just think you're drooling all the time because you can't feel it, you can't feel anything, so I'm constantly like, making sure that I'm not like dripping, but that lasts for you know, an hour or two hours or something. A week, John. <laughs> oh, okay. So after that, I was still very weak because um, I hadn't used my arm for so long. So I did still kind of have to hold it up most of the time. Or uh, else it just starts to get fatigued. It starts right. to get sore. Yep, like, yep, yep. Gets yeah, sore, Stu, gets tired. Shout out Stu. My buddy Stu at work had recently had a shoulder surgery. And I don't know how similar they were, what he got done. But same thing. He had a, he had a sling on for... I think it might have been six weeks and he would have to do these weird exercises to get it moving and and all that kind of thing. And he was saying a lot of the same stuff that it was just like almost any movement you do just makes it so achingly sore because it's so like, uh, you know, hasn't hasn't been moved in so long. All right, let's see. So six weeks, (laughs) six weeks out of the sling, out of the sling. But I I was able to start physical therapy a little earlier this time. Um, so while I was still in the sling, I was able to go to a, f- a physical therapist. And I got a new physical therapist, too. I changed everything. <laughs> changed physical therapist, doctors. And by this point, where it was October 2017? or Yep. Okay, so by this point, we're 2018, starting to warm up. We're getting springtime here or summertime. Okay, just keeping a timeline for the folks. Well, actually, there. so... First was, surgery was in January. Yep. And nothing was getting fixed. It was went, about it was about summertime that yeah, okay. I went back to the doctor. All right, yeah. we're three quarters of a year in. Yeah. Oh, and now we're back out of the sling again. The leaves are starting to turn. 
We're, we're getting close to a year, folks. We're about <laughs> to hand out some candy to children, except you'll have to use your right hand because you can't <laughs> hold the bucket with your left hand. Um, and we're getting out of the sling for the second time. Hopeful that PT is going to take, that we're going to get strong again. Yeah, and actually you could you could tell just looking in the mirror that my shoulder was sitting properly. Correctly. This Correctly. Time. Dude, that would be such a great thing when you're afraid to look and you're afraid to see that same weird shrug and you look and it's nice and straight. It's almost like you get that with the woodworking too. You're like the last joint I made didn't line up just right. Then you knock your screws in, lines up perfect. If you feel like doing jumping jacks, no, I wouldn't recommend it for you, but <laughs> maybe you feel like doing doing river dance, maybe for you or <laughs> Uh, okay, good. So things are sitting fine. We're optimistic. Yep. Things are sitting pretty good. Um, going through physical therapy. It's slow going again. You know, things are still pretty pretty tender, pretty sore. But I'm making progress. Things were looking pretty hopeful. Um, then after about, I'd say about four months of that, we kind of hit a brick wall where I wasn't getting better. I wasn't getting more range back. Okay. And your um, range was still, what, 50% kind of thing? 50 or? 50-ish, maybe 60%, yeah. Um, so my my physical therapist suggested that I go back to my doctor and see what's kind of going on, you know, what's what's going on. So I go back and see my doctor, and he's like, well, it's, it's, it's really hard. You know, there was a lot of damage in there. We did the best we could. Um, it's just really tight. He's like, I had to kind of over-tighten it so that it would be stable. Oh, you didn't mention that, Doc. So that you put that you tugged it a couple extra belt holes, a little belt, a couple extra belt loops. Wait, what are they called? So uh, based on all the information that he had, he suggested that I go back in for another surgery to loosen up the joint. He thinks that maybe scar tissue had built up around the repair, causing impingement oh. and the inability to kind of move my shoulder. Okay, so a year and a half after the original injury, you'll be getting a third surgery. Third surgery. But this time, is it going to be so bad with the recovery, they're going to put you back in a sling and everything again? Recovery was much easier. I was in a sling for about a day. Oh, okay, okay. So that's, thank goodness it wasn't at least as traumatic this time. Right. And so, still probably not supposed to use it for a little while. Right, yeah. Still had to ice it consistently for a couple weeks. But a few weeks later, you're probably going to go... Back to physical therapy. Correct. Yeah. Same physical therapist. Same physical therapist. Cute girl. No, Tommy is not cute, a cute girl. Cute guy. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Tell me. You can tell me off the air. I love how they do it on Rogan. They do it on some podcasts. They're like, I'll tell you off the air. And I, it would always make me so jealous. I'm like, I want to know. So I always like to keep the audience wanting more. Hey, tell me if Tommy was cute off the air. Don't don't say it on don't say it on the air. All right. Okay. Back to PT. So after three surgeries, and I'm hoping. I want to say at this point, I can recall you telling me that you felt like you could immediately tell some difference? Yeah, it was definitely looser. The joint was definitely looser. I immediately got more range of motion back. Again, optimistic. Very optimistic. Okay. Yeah. Things were looking really good. Um, I know well, John, everyone John, can probably see John, where this is going. John, but, you are, <laughs> John, you're always looking really good, all right? It's not about looks. It's about the range of motion here. Let's keep it focused. Um, feeling optimistic. Good. Feeling optimistic. And then suddenly, again, we hit a brick wall where I wasn't getting any better. Now, this time, was were you maybe nudged a little further down the road before the next brick wall, or were you back where this where you started before surgery? Oh, yeah, we're definitely nudged a little a further. A little further down yeah. the road. But it's like, come on, guys. what we're ho- you're, you've, you've been hoping since surgery number one that the brick wall was 100%. Correct. And you're getting 60. Now you're bumping in at 70. Maybe right. And like, dear Lord, when are we going to get back? Okay, so what do we do? So... My physical therapist just keeps having me work as much as I can for as long as I can. Um, and then finally, it just got to the point where I, I wasn't progressing at all, and I really wanted to try to improve. Yeah. So we go back to the doctor. Any idea about what time we are in the, on the calendar? Oosh, man. Are we, we're clear through like the summer of 18, I would think, by this point. Or no, sorry, 17, 18, uh, 19. We'd be up into 19. Are we, so not COVID yet. Uh, actually, it was right around the start of COVID. Okay, so yeah. right around the turn of twenty, start right. of twenty kind of thing. Okay, yep. okay, yeah. So and that is that is all right. So we're two years ago, and we're about two years after the, the injury. Right, about midpoint. Okay, good. Yep. So things weren't getting better. I go back to the doctor, and he kind of tells me the same thing. You know, it seems like it's still a little, just a little too tight. You know. Okay, bro. I want to go back in and see if I can loosen it some more. Yeah, I want to see if you can, bro. Yeah. Well, at at this point, you know his reputation not on the line but he's you know he wants to make it happen because 
Yeah, you put in so much that. time. It's sunk cost at this point. It's like I even if I'm losing money, I, I got to get the job done. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So he, he something tells me, folks, that he won't be losing any money. <laughs> he's not losing any money, but he's. Uh, but yeah, you want to you want to get to the point of actually taking that bounty or whatever. You want to be like, I got you there. At least right. I got yeah. You in there. Instead of doing three surgeries for no no yeah. game results. So this doctor goes in for th- this is my fourth surgery now, third from the same doctor, and he loosens me up some more, cleans up all the scar tissue, and he. He told me that I would never have gotten any more range of motion if I hadn't gotten that surgery because there was so much stuff built up in there. Okay, and this is after what he found while in there, kind of. Correct, And yeah. is the, at this point, is it, I don't know, is it, is it, um, are they just using a couple of little incisions and using, like, tools to kind of remotely dig in there? They're not opening it wide up. Right, no. The first time, did they have to, like, peel away muscle and stuff and really get in there? Nope. Oh, it was all done with probes. Arthroscopically, and, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> I mean, that that that's wild. Okay, so... And this time, hopefully, not super invasive. Nope. Same as the same as the third, the third surgery. Yep. Same exact procedure. Oh, I see. Clean it up and then loosen again. Yeah. He takes like a laser and goes on the edge of the repair to kind of try to get the tissue to become more malleable again because wow. it stiffens up when it when it gets inflamed. Okay. And then also does a bunch of scooping and right. gets a little vacuum probe in there. Yep. Right. Like, do you remember that thing at work but that when they would, um, I don't want I guess I can't give away too much. There's a, well, we, no, it's not giving anything away. There, there's a water jet machine out there uh-huh. and they yeah, would have yeah. to clean that out and they would oh, use that right, big vacuum right. and yes. it's like sucking out rocks. So you just yeah. <laughs> and it was like aluminum tubes that ran right basically through our office area yeah. to get it from that machine on the shop floor out the door to where their truck is sucking it up. And we just have like giant pebbles being sucked through <laughs> aluminum tubes. That's what I imagine is coming out, except it's your bones coming out of a hole in your shoulder. Uh, okay. So we're at starting a pandemic. Great. Not only do you have to wear a sling, probably now you got to wear a fucking face sling too. Um, but now we're really optimistic. Really optimistic. This is this is the last time, you know, everything's going to be great. And I go through physical therapy, and once again, it's better. Yeah. It's looser. Um, things are starting to move again. I'd say I'm, I was about 75, 80% um, until, again, I kind of hit a brick wall. And really, it wasn't so much my range that was the problem. It was my pain level. Um, so now you're able to move it, but when you get, is it all the time pain level or anywhere in the motion or is it when you get to those extremes? When I get to the to extremes, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And it was just getting worse. The pain was when I got to those levels. So my physical therapist wasn't able to get me any further because I was in so much pain. Yeah. Okay. And you're not doing any like pain medication or anything. You're just trying to deal with it, manage it or basically ice. ibuprofen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm taking a note, folks. I shouted, and I left a big spike in there. Uh, so I'm just taking a note of, uh, <laughs> at what time to go back. Hey, all this will be erased. Look, I'll take note of this time, too. 37.50, dumb explanation. And we'll clean that up. We'll cut it right back out. All right. Uh, pain, and now now we're talking. We're within about a year ago. Right. Okay, and so you're going through PT, feeling better, starting to feel a little bit of strength or anything. but Definitely getting my strength back. Yeah, um, in um, in physical therapy, they have you do strength training and range of motion. Just mostly like hack squats, like like towel bench, three fifteen, like going for like one hundred and fifteen percent of max negatives and supersets and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like one handed pull ups. Yeah, the one handed pull or the two move, two finger. Towel. If you're, oh, yeah, right, if you're not yeah. a total bitch, yeah, you do the two finger pull up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. And then after that, probably like um, f- f- bare knuckle boxing, sparring. But really, you're supposed to go. Full, you just go. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean anything to get my shoulder, you know, just, just oh yeah, just, just anything out. to get yeah, back. <laughs> right, yeah, just beating the living heck out of people. All right, good, gotcha. So we're back to full street fighting condition, and but the pain is too much when you get into those extremes, mm-hmm. and so the doc is like. Hey, man, this guy's been falling forward every other time I've told him to. Hey, man, I just really think a fifth surgery is what you need, bro. No, but really, what's, um? I mean, is that kind of where the limbo that you're in now still? Or have you, or, I mean, because so you, you have not done another surgery. It's been, no. It's been four surgeries. It has been four surgeries. Okay. So the, the, the doctor decided to have me go undergo another MRI to okay. see what was going on. Right. So they do another MRI, and they do an x-ray. And based off of that, um, they noticed that I almost have no cartilage left in my shoulder. 
So there are spots where it's just bone on bone. And that's right. where my pain is. Okay. And that's what's keeping me from my range of motion. Oh, because like when you when you rotate to that point is when it's really starting to put pressure on that bone on bone connection. Right, yeah. And okay. It's like nerve endings in your bone itself that that experience that pain or is it just like it it seizes up the joint and now you're putting more pressure on some other fleshy part of the bone. Um, I always thought bones were just like dead tissue or like dead calcium in your body. But maybe not. Maybe they like actually experience pain. Yeah, I believe I believe they do. I'm not 100% sure well, on it's that. It's freaky. But I'm pretty but sure think, they do. But for some reason, even a kid can comprehend that when somebody says bone on bone and you just imagine that grinding, it's like <laughs> that's a disgusting thought for anybody. Oh, okay. So I also have a slightly deformed humerus. There's like a dent in my humerus. From I always from... knew you had a bad sense of humor, dude. I didn't know where it came from. But um, ding. Uh, so that's also why I don't have all my range of motion back is because there's a, a flat spot. Oh, different than normal, just genetic, right. like whatever. No, just I think it's happen. from the accident. Okay, so they the mushed it, and yeah. now it's like it's never going to quite be the same again. It's, it's not, this is not ordinary body work to just get that ding out of there. This right, is, yeah. So the only, only can't thing. Can't go to this pain spray or whatever. Yeah. This, what's it called? <laughs> pain spray. Pain yeah. spray. And they could just like, it's you again? <laughs> they would do that for the fourth time. This guy again, you were just <laughs> in here. 100, 160 bucks. So unfortunately, the only thing I have left in terms of repair is to do a full shoulder re- the replacement. What's that mean? They hack off half of one of the bones and replace it with titanium? Yep. Wow. And then on the cup... They would put in some sort of like Teflon material uh, for the titanium to slide over. And then they have to do surgery number six because it'll be too loose at that point. <laughs> it'll be too you'll be sliding around too much. Well, the unfortunate thing about shoulder repairs uh, or shoulder replacements, rather, is that they last for about ten years and they can only do it once. What? They can only do it once? Only do it once. I thought you were saying that it has to just be redone periodically if you have. If I you thought that, that too. But after looking into it, apparently, no. They oh, my it. gosh, dude. You only got one shot. And because of that, you're very limited on the activities that you can do. Because once it runs out, it's out kind of thing? It's out, Oh, my yeah. God. And then what are you left with when it when it's runs out or whatever? Basically just like a frozen shoulder. Deteriorate. Just, oh. just can't really move it or lift it. Can't carry any weight or anything like that. So right now, I can still do most of the things that I want to do, just not how I was able to do them before. Okay, yeah. So right. I'm a little more careful with my with my activities. Yeah, no kidding. So so as is. So I guess you're kind of thinking like that. Seem that kind of sounds a little ridiculous. That replacement thing that just gives you a ticking clock until you don't can't use your arm anymore. I mean that seems. So are you thinking I just got to learn to live with seventy five percent? Yeah. Wow. My goodness. Well, geez, uh, that's pretty. Folks, don't put your hands in your pockets. Yeah, yeah please, please don't. <laughs> oh my goodness! I tell, I tell everyone, even if you're hiking, do not put your hands in your pockets. <laughs> don't walk with your hands in your pockets. Just don't walk at all. Just don't do. Yeah, just, just, just don't walk at all. That's ridiculous. <laughs> if you don't want anybody getting injured, just stay at home. What was that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, they, they want us to have no, they, they do no injuries whatsoever. That's, that's ridiculous just, then you just stay at home then why don't we stay at home it's like why don't you stay at home <laughs> actually really I, I like that guy but he had a lot of people had mixed opinions and colleen who else is gonna be listening out there you know who we're talking about i'm not gonna use any names um john we got 17 minutes left what do you want to do with it it's up to you you're on the spot now Ooh, on the spot man that's, yeah that's pretty tough you get to interview me for the next 17 minutes <laughs> i'll tell you about my worst injury all right, yeah. Why don't you tell us about your worst injury? I never broke a bone. Let's see. What would be my worst injury? I dropped a, a, a weight, a bench press bar in my mouth one time. It rolled off the... Did I? I'm sure I must have told you this story. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. It was, the first, no, it was the third time I was working out without a spotter, since always having a spotter on bench. I, I, I never benched without a spotter, unless I was going super lightweight or doing dumbbells or something, because you get trapped under the bar. You can be in serious trouble. Thing falls on your neck, you know, pass out. And so... And I always like to go to failure. I always like to keep pushing until I can't push anymore. And then you have somebody who can just whoop, help you up, pick the bar up, make sure it's secured up on the rack. And so at college, I had a good buddy, Spencer, Spencer Bradfield, shout outs. Um, hope you're doing well out there. And he would, we'd go to the gym three, four times a week and we'd always spot each other. No big, no big deal. And if he wasn't there, there's a guy who sits and just does his homework, I guess, to basically to exist, to basically report if someone dies or something like 
I always thought this guy's there to like help. To, I would ask the dude, hey, can you spot me? And he would be so mad at me. It's this nerd with doing his homework up there. He thought he was supposed to be just left alone to do his homework. There's no one else in the gym. I need to bench press. I just need one spot from you, dude. <sighs> well, anyway, I came back to St. Louis for the summer. This is after freshman year of college. And I, and I wanted to do some bench up at the gym. There's like 40 or 50 people up in this gym. It's packed. All the machines are packed with people treadmill running and stuff. And anyway, it was a cool little scene. And, yeah, I did a set on the bench. I re-racked the bar. And as I'm getting up, just all of a sudden, bang! Like, and I didn't, it took me a second to realize what the hell happened. Like a flash of light. And I was looking sideways, I realized. And then I realized I was being pinched underneath the bar. And and so one side of the of the bar had stayed up on the on the rack where it belonged. The other side, because of the way that this rack was made, the place where you set it, you set the bar, has a flat part right at the end. Usually it would be a flat that has a slanted part at the end so that the bar can't roll off or so that it'll tend to either it's up or it's not. And it'll have like a stable point where it rolls it back. There was something weird where it was half up. And as I'm getting up, slips out, smacks my head back up against the thing. Fortunately, one side stayed up. And on the right side of the bar, the diameter of the weight plates was enough that they hit the ground before the full weight, you know, the half that weight was pressed up against my mouth. But... What did happen was it got low enough into my face, like in between my teeth, in between my jaw, that I was pinched there. I was stuck. But I wasn't being but I wasn't under direct pressure. It was just had me trapped, kinda like handcuffs. Right. You're trapped, but it's not like clamping you. And so I was I I was embarrassed more than anything. I mean immediately like, Oh Jesus, get this thing off of me that I'm gonna start it's gonna start attracting attention, not realizing this is attracting <laughs> everyone's attention immediately. So I was facing the way that I could see the counter where the little girl, who's basically the equivalent of the kid doing homework, is sitting. She's probably a 115-pound little cheerleader-looking girl. And so she's like, oh, my God, runs over, tries to lift that half of the bar up. Can't lift it up. <laughs> it's 225 pounds on there. And she and so basically the half she would have to lift is about her body weight, and she can't do it. And so some other guy comes off of some machine, comes over and picks the thing up. We set it up, and I sit up real quick, and I'm kind of like, you know, embarrassed more than anything, but... A little shaken up, and I know not to try to get up too quick or anything. I'm just kind of like, let's take it easy. Just, you know, focus on breathing. And um, and I, I put my hand up to my face where the thing had, had landed in my mouth. And I can feel that there's that it's wet. I'm like, fuck, it's blood. And I'm like, all right, this, I got to get out of here. And I, I know I shouldn't. I know they're going to tell me not to. But I just stood up and kind of wo- slowly walked over to the out to the bathroom because i want to wash my face up and take a look in the mirror and get a drink of water and just kind of and i'll sit down don't worry but so i walk out to the bathroom out there and when i lean over i just kind of spit whatever stuff is in my mouth i thought it was blood and it was just just teeth chunks six of them the front six on the top had been sheared off and on the bottom all my teeth were safe why because my lip had gone into my mouth and protected all the Oof. teeth. So on the bottom, instead of six missing teeth or six half teeth, I had six puncture holes <laughs> where the teeth and bar had met. Right. Yeah. And uh, really, only one of them was bad. The rest were just they were bleeding cuts, but they weren't straight through. But I had a hole next to where I also had for these folks. Some folks might not know. I used to have a lip ring in college. I thought it was cool. Shut up. Come at me. <laughs> I liked it. I would have kept it. Except my dad said, you're going to work for a real company. Take that stupid thing out of your face. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. Anyway, but right next to where that where that thing was, there was no damage to that. It didn't cause any problems. But right next to it was the biggest like tooth that pinched straight through. So I had an extra hole you could see through there. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? My face is kind of pale. I don't know, just from a little bit of shock. or I, I don't know if there's such thing as a little bit of shock. But uh, it was just in a bad shape. But. I wasn't seriously injured. I wasn't super hurt or anything. I didn't have, uh, whatever. I was like, damn it, I only got two sets in. I got to do a third set. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I washed, back my, I washed my set. face out, and I was going to go back in there, and the old man had come. They had called all the people around emergency, and they were trying to trying to justify calling an ambulance. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm leaving. Like I won't be here when it gets here because I don't know what my dad's going to say. You freaking idiot. You smashed your face up with the bar, you dumb asshole. Anyway, he would never say that. My dad was awesome, but. I, th- I felt like that's what I deserved. So I said, all right, I'm out of here before they can have the chance to make a scene, make too much of a scene out of it. And I I could tell, I could feel that was like a whistling in between my teeth because <laughs> there was like a half football shape of teeth missing from the top. It had taken just a circular arc out. So I had about two-thirds or maybe half of my two front main teeth on top. And then 
a, a little bit more and more of the teeth to the sides until if you get back to like the four teeth back on either side, it was full teeth. But the front six were all sheared at some some portion. I could still kind of get by, but they they were, once they break off, you got nerves exposed and stuff, so you can't. It's hard. Eating is uncomfortable. I remember I tried to get a McChicken sandwich and I took a bite and I pulled the whole piece of lettuce out because I couldn't shear it off. Oh man. <laughs> That's my friends were making fun of me. I had this whole ass piece of lettuce hanging out of my face. And then when I tried to tell them, stop making fun of me, I'm whistling like <laughs> Elmer Fudd or whatever, whoever that daffy duck. So I, for a couple, for a couple weeks, I, I just lived with it because I thought I was an asshole. Amazingly, the hole in my lip healed to the point where it was undetectable in about seven or eight days. It didn't oh, even wow. know it was there. No scab. That's no pretty pain. good. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so there was no detectable damage besides the fact that I'm missing half my front part. <laughs> Finally, my dad catches me whistling, and he's like, he was just annoyed. He was like, is there something wrong with your teeth? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> what happened? I was like, dropped the bar on my face. Why didn't you tell me? I was like, I don't know. I felt stupid. He's like, tell your mother to make you a dentist appointment. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Went to the dentist, and they put some crap on him. They also gave you this laughing gas stuff at the dentist, which is kind of amazing. My friend Ashley gave me the tip. She's like, just tell him, yeah, you want it. It's like, who knows? You don't know how bad it's going to be. Maybe you could endure it, but if you get halfway into the what procedure they're doing and it's horrible, you're going to wish you would have said yes. Just do it. I'm like, all right. They say, you want the gas? I was like, sure. I would have always said no, but she had <laughs> given me that advice. And they turn the stuff on, and you kind of don't realize it's hitting you, but then all of a sudden... I just kept playing in my head like it would be in a movie. You, you would see somebody like being affected by drugs. It's just playing in my head, her face, chuckling, grinning, looking at me in the car because this really did happen where she goes, Dan, I'm telling you, breathe deeply. <laughs> like basically like just enjoy just it. Just enjoy and it. And I, yeah. I kept just like laughing to myself as they're working on my stupid teeth. Breathe deeply. Okay, Ashley, I'll breathe deeply. And they're in there just drilling away. And the guy says to me, he's like, so you know you, you, know you kind of had a little bit of a gap in your two front teeth? You want me to get rid of that? And I was like, and I, my stupid drugged up head, I was like, no, you know what? Keep it. And he's like, I think I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't, I get rid of it. Until this day, yeah, I would, have, I would have a more noticeable gap to the point where if you saw pictures of me, it would be like, it would be a distinguishable feature. I forgot about that. In high school, I had a gap in my teeth, my yeah. front teeth. Not huge, but definitely noticeable. Yeah, and they got rid of that when they did that surgery. And so, yeah, they're pretty well healed up now. And, uh, and yeah, it was embarrassing. But I went back to the gym. I went back to that gym something like five years later. And that bar still has my teeth in it. You can see six stripes right down the center, the center knurling on the bar where it had gone in my face and they're like brownish colored now, like weirdly oxidized. Yeah. And so that's the story. That was probably, that was, a, I'd say worst injury only because it was the most embarrassing and I've never had a serious injury. I've had like ligaments and stuff that healed themselves. I did that thing where you, you have bear claw, um, bicycle, uh, <laughs> pedals. Oh and yeah. You, you jump up right. and then you land only on one yep. and it swings the other one around and hits you right in the shoe. Oh, I can still have scraped like scars from that one. Uh, well, there you go. Hey, John, you got a crazy-ass story out of me that the podcast folks have probably never heard. Dropped a bar in my face. Bones are still in a publicly <laughs> publicly, <laughs> publicly used, used press bar. It's got my DNA. <laughs> left your mark. Right? Yes, yeah. I left my bar. I left there six of them. Yeah. I left six of them. John, I think we're going to – I think now it's time – finally, it's, it's time to uh, go to everybody's favorite segment on the show, and that is when we check to see um, – if anybody left any emails specific for you, I get a lot of listener emails. Anybody want to write in, tell me any of your thoughts or feelings. Just the you know, thing we don't like is death threats. Um, well, that's pretty much it. Anything else I can take. Anything else I can take. It's in over my head at protonmail.com. You guys know the deal. Send me anything you want. I get about a billion a day, and I read every single one. Okay? So why don't we take a quick look. We'll read through the first billion or so, and we'll see. Uh, hey, what do you know? We got one. All right. And it looks like it's for you. Listener email for John K. All right. Want to take a read? This is for somebody by the name of Christina Turner, by the way. Shout outs, Christina Turner. Thank you so much. Um, she says, are you ready? <laughs> oh, you only get 20 seconds, John. Name five out of the seven, the, the, five out of the top seven animals that become roadkill in the United States. Ready, go. I'm going to have to go with possum. Okay. Skunk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Deer. He's got to be. And there's got to be some birds in there, too. I would think. There's got to be some birds. Just I, some hard dumb birds. Specific birds, oh, though, like God. hawk, you know. Did we, t did we say raccoons? 
No, we did not. Raccoons. Maybe so. What about yeah. the squirrel? Like a tree? Or are they squirrel? Sm- yeah. Or are they smart? Okay. Squirrel. Um, I think you're right. Squirrel. What about down south? Uh, armadillos. I could see that, but toitles not not super common everywhere, right? Okay. Whereas okay. other animals are common everywhere. Or is she going to try to be smart and be like mosquitoes or something? Like there's some <laughs> <laughs> bugs. Yeah, bugs. <laughs> That's the animal in the species. Bugs. <laughs> Scroll scroll way down for the answer. Oh, that's cute. She put it out of sight. Should we go now or should we wait till after that to the end to scroll way down for the answer? Well, I don't know. Do we have any more guesses that we should throw out there? Okay, good call. Um, I don't know if snakes of any sort or anything, but probably just a bunch of shitty versions of the of little crud mammals of little, um, you don't know about field mice if you just don't even notice them. You think you would see them moving from time to time. I hit a cat one time. I felt really sad, but there was nothing I could do. Yeah. Um, let's see. All right, so let's go with possum, raccoon. So what we do? I wonder if we only get five guesses, or if we can say ten and we only have to get five right. Possum, raccoon, squirrel, deer—it's got to be on there. Is it or, though? I'm thinking or is it maybe just that's you not notice more when roadkill? Yeah, like oh, roadkill is usually just a carcass left on a, <laughs> that no one cares right. about. Like, skunk. Yeah, skunks on there. Possum, skunk, raccoon, squirrel. And shit birds, turtles. I'm gonna throw a turtle on there. All right, throw it on there. All right, scroll way down for the answer. Here we go. Oh, oh no, she's got the numbers 45 million squirrels. All right, we got squirrels. Yep, 26 million cats. We said it, oh, but I don't know if we didn't really. No, we didn't officially there. make it the answer. Rats, huh? You're right about possum, though. 19 million, okay, 15 million raccoon, okay, and 6 million dogs. Six million dogs? I'm wow. assuming these are annual numbers. That's a lot. Good lord. That sounds like a lot. And third of a million deer. Okay, so we, I mean. Yeah, we didn't do bad. We're, I'm giving us the point. Yeah. I'm giving us the point. She's out, she bears somewhere like on a treadmill listening in three days in the future going, you do not get that point. You do not get <laughs> You know, I actually almost thought to say pets, but I was like, there's no way that's it's that high compared would, to all of those You just imagine truckers going down the road out in the middle of nowhere where it's basically wild animals. But I guess most of the most driving takes place in more populated areas where more pets would happen. That's true. Or it exists. I guess. I don't know. Interesting. We're spending a lot of time on this one. <laughs> you know, wait, what is this shit? Golly gee, that sure was fun. Is she being is she fuck is she trolling us now? <laughs> Golly gee, that sure was fun. I can imagine her saying that. I have a few more brimming questions that only Dant and Junk can answer. That is her being lazy about her putting spaces between our first names and last initials. Um Oh, I'll let you go first on this one. Tell me about the best fort you made as a kid. The best fort I made? You know, I wasn't a big fort builder as a kid. Sean's like, I just took over existing forts. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I conquered forts. Yeah. <laughs> I let the other kids make them, and then I went up there with my big wooden big wooden flat sword and cape, and I just stabbed the shit out of these kids and took them. Oh. No, that one's tough. I mean, I made the usual couch cushion you know, blanket forts. Yeah, sure. But you nothing too expensive. You yeah, basically yeah. put a blanket over the kitchen table or something. Right, you yeah. Go hide in there and imagine that no one knows you're in there. And my dad had shelves in the basement that he had these big risers. They were probably 30-inch wide shelves by, there would be three of them tall, so you're talking, you know, 36 inches tall each um, and eight feet long. And and so, yeah, you could basically just put a tarp over the lowest one of those and he would have, like, these work lights you could, just put on an extension cord so you'd have a light in there, bring a pillow and a blanket in there, and, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And you'd go in there with, like, a book or something, or your Walkman, and just, like, no one knows I'm in here. And it's like, well, <laughs> they could probably guess. <laughs> but, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's the cool thing about being a kid is that a fort doesn't have to be cool to be cool. You look back on it, and you're like, that fort sucked. But when you're a kid, you're like, this fort rocks. Yeah, yeah definitely. She says, what makes you so awesome? Oh, boy, John, I'll let you start on that one. What makes me so awesome? Well, oof, man, that's a tough one. This is cause... your interview, John. This is your one shot. Do not miss your chance to tell me you're awesome. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> well, I would say the one thing that makes me awesome is my ability to make friends. That is an awesome quality. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty easy to get, get along with. Uh, don't meet between people that I can't say that I'm not friends with. Hey, that's a pretty good trait. What makes you awesome? If I had to answer that question, we'll come back to that one. <laughs> Are you done with that one, John? I, I think mean, of more awesome things about you. Your hair. Actually, you know, so it's funny about my hair. I, I had to switch hairstylists 
because because the, the ones that you, you have to keep coming back every fucking four months. Nah, it's trying to no, it's surgery joke. The one that I went to uh, went out of business. You know, with the whole COVID thing. Dang, they got vitted, and that's kind of a scary feeling going to for the first time to somebody new. That's going to affect fairly somewhat drastically how you look for a couple of days. And you have to entrust this into somebody who's never done it before after four years with somebody who knows exactly what you like. Exactly, yeah. So I'm about four or five haircuts into this new person. Yeah. And this time I wanted it a little bit shorter because it's getting hot and I don't like to have it cut as often. And it gets kind of wavy when it gets long. Yes. So I asked her to do it shorter. Me too. I get the waves and I don't like it. And so instead of making the whole thing shorter, she thought I just wanted the sides Oh, shorter. oh, the short part shorter. You want to do more of the fade or more of the buzz kind of thing. Right, yeah. yeah. So I'm not too happy with my current I think it looks great. Haircut, but yeah, but it's a bummer to not be able to... It's a, such a weird thing to not be able to communicate. You know exactly what you want in your head, and you try to say it in words, and then you get what the artist fucking yeah. comes up with. Yeah, I've always had a little bit of worry about that. Always in the back. I, I guess it's taper. I want you to just fade it out gently. Over, over, over a span of about three quarters of an inch, I want you to go from a one <laughs> down to a nothing, but not in steps. Continuous... Fade. I thought that's what a fade was. It fades instead of just abruptly right. changing size. Well, I've gotten all sorts of different outcomes when I <laughs> ask for that. So that's why I want it's and, and to me it makes a big difference in how it looks. And I know it's only after three days you won't know the difference. No one cares anyway and all this kind of stuff. But man, I really like going to the person who did it right last time so that I can have some confidence they're gonna do it the way I like it this time. Um jeez. John, if you joined the circus, what would your act be? <laughs> Wow. If I joined the circus, something I definitely, definitely would not do. You wouldn't join the circus? I don't think so. <laughs> you have to drive around in a van. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can start eliminating things I wouldn't want to do. Okay. You're not going to be the elephant. <laughs> definitely not the elephant. Okay. Wouldn't want to be a trapeze artist. Oh, my God. You know, oh, especially with the shoulder Dude, these days. Yeah, you're going to have to do it with one arm, and that's you're gonna, yeah. that, that'll introduce a, vert- a rotation that you probably don't want. Definitely don't want to do anything sort of like lion taming. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah, kind of dangerous. Just, well, it's, just, it's just a matter of time. And then you have to deal with, like, is this ethical and all that kind of stuff. But definitely, am I going to be eaten today? Yeah, no. It would be a rough one. Now, sword swallowing, that's that's a circus act, right? Um, Let's see. It's got to be, I mean, adjacent at least. Right. Okay. So I would do something like, like that. Like a like a learn, learn a, a freakish body, like, skill right. kind of thing. Yeah. I hear you. I like that, too. That idea of something that you're totally in control of and... Yeah, that, okay. Hey, that's not that's a great answer. If I was going to do it, what would I do? I think I would have to be like the mime-painted doofus that acts as an MC kind of, you know, oh, comes yeah. out between acts and does some like right, right, it's yeah. a comedian sort of act. And every now and then you see one of those guys and they're very charming. And it's like, um, if I could manage to pull that off, I think it would be gratifying. Or not gratifying is that the right word? Satisfying in a way. I'll just like, eh, these kids think you're you're great. And it can be entertaining for adults too. I'm, and there is some... There's like a there's a real performance there potentially too, but then it's like how how long would it take to even get good at doing something like that to be able to em- emote and express yourself in the right way? I don't know. Yeah, I would have to be one of the skillless doofuses that just is uh, hopes that he's cute enough and funny enough to be worth his whatever they pay. <laughs> so it'll be <laughs> worth be worth the animal crackers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you could only eat food that is the same color for the rest of your life, what color would you choose? Oh. That's a weird way to put it. I do like oranges. Let's just go with orange. Orange. I think I'll I would... never get tired of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's just a color though, right? Not you, you, the, you, not, you, not the no, thing. She's, that's what I'm saying. That's that's the joke. I can eat oranges oh, and I carrots for, gotcha. and sweet potatoes for yeah. the rest of my life. Nothing else. Um, yeah, no, the color. So basically, are you going to eat green because you need all those things, but then you will never be able to eat meat or anything like that? Or are you going to eat gray shit because you like meat so much, but you're going to be deficient on all these vegetables? I don't know. Or do you like strawberries so much that you're gonna eat strawberries and tomatoes, strawberries and ragu sauce for the rest of your life? I do like that actually. I think red is probably the best sort of both oh, worlds. You, I mean, you can argue that you can you can eat red meat. You got to be able to think. Like, am I allowed to take some red and cook it, cook it brown? Oh, eat raw meat, baby. Yeah, red. You're gonna get some great fruits. You'll get a couple vegetables. I mean, you can eat like whatever those red things are called that you're forced to eat at Christmas, and Cranberries, yeah, raspberries, cranberries, really cherries. Like, I think I'd make the argument: cherries are red. Um, you get red pet, red bell peppers, red bell peppers. Oh yeah. my gosh, 
bear. We slipped through here. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> We're going red. I'm with him, and I'm eating steaks too. Best believe. Instead of two dollar a pound chicken, I'm eating sixteen dollar a pound ribeyes till I run out of money. That's a good one. Okay, but come on, blue dog. Think about all the blue raspberry candy you're not gonna be able to eat. Those blue, those blue Jolly Ranchers that are good them one so time much. a month. I miss them so much. Right, and also you're gonna have to say blue because otherwise you can't have water. Water's blue. <laughs> Have you seen the ocean, John? I rest my case. All right. <laughs> Final one. Final one. Oh. If someone made a movie about Dan T and John K, what would it be called? <laughs> Let her fly. Let her fly. Let, yeah. her fly. Let her fly. <laughs> We've already written this whole movie, guys. It's loosely related. It's loosely related to mine and John's life. It's about a young girl who aspires to be a pilot. But her dad had a tragic accident of some sort early in his life, so he's um, that made him essentially afraid and overly protective of his kids, his one daughter. Maybe maybe he had a son die too or something like that. So now he's way too protective of her. She wants to be a this the I don't know something way too aspirational like a Blue Angels pilot or something. And he's like, no, you can't go to pilotry school or whatever it would be called. And she's like, but dad. And so she's gonna sneak around him because she's bad. It's always badass to break the rules if you're a girl in movies. Meanwhile, side plot. He used to be a disc golf champion. <laughs> so they, so they, the second meaning of let her fly is that's what they used to say on his team. He, he was the captain of the disc golf team in high school. And it, he'd go out there and they'd be like, you know what to do, Gunner. Whatever his cool name is. His name is Ace, Ace, Ace McFly yeah, or something. Right, yeah. Ace McFly. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, the coach was like, you know what to do, Ace. Let her fly. <laughs> and he goes up there in slow motion and lets the disc fly, and he holds and wa- holds it or whatever. And, the, and he's but then he has a horrible story where the, there's the rival kid from the other team who does some dirty move that sabotages him. He ends up breaking his arm, and he can never play again. He has to be the washed up coach. They do the whole scene where you cut back to him looking like he's giving cool ass commands at you know in, in a high ranking position, but when you zoom out, he's actually like leading toddlers or something. And that's his new life now, where he people slap up pile of papers on his desk and that <laughs> right, kind of thing yeah. but then a, a tournament comes up and his old his old coach or somebody recruits him i think you got what it takes ace nah that was my old that life. was my old life yeah. it's not me anymore <laughs> so that would be what it's called good question um oh that's it my goodness john it's we're at the top of the hour we listen we got a we got this is well there were another 999 million or so emails i just wanted to pick the best one so we we can go over through through some of the others off the air, but uh, John, thanks for being here, man. Anything else you want to tell the folks before we bounce? Uh, no, just want to say thanks for having me. Uh, hey. Always wanted to be on one of these. So. Yeah, it's been awesome, dude. I think that covers it, folks. If you got anything you want to follow up on it with John, you know how to get a hold of us. I'll pass on emails to him. I can uh, text them to John, get some replies. Have those? I like peppering those in down the road. Oh, by the way, remember two episodes ago, you know, and call it back. But otherwise, that's about it. Here's a little thing I've been doing in the last few episodes, John, um, which is you get the final sign-off. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, It's been a great show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.